The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. Sunday is July 1st, and no, you won't be able to buy non-medical marijuana for your cookout or for the 4th of July fireworks. So far, the Cannabis Control Commission has licensed one marijuana grower in Massachusetts. They're expected to license the first retail shop this Monday. But getting this new industry up and running isn't quite as simple as the CCC snapping their fingers. The timeline to the first legal joint is hazy so to speak. Colin Young, what's the holdup here? Why hasn't the CCC licensed a retail store yet? Sam, that depends who you ask. The CCC says it's working hard to review the licenses that have come in, and that includes 18 applications uh, for retail stores. Before the CCC will consider issuing a license, though, it gives the host community 60 days to report on whether the applicant is in compliance with things like local zoning and bylaws. Uh, And the town also has to certify whether uh, they've agreed uh, with the applicant on a host community agreement. Uh, And some marijuana advocates, especially the uh, Yes on Four coalition, which was behind the 2016 legalization ballot question, uh, they've placed blame on municipalities, saying local officials are dragging their feet on zoning uh, and making host community agreements difficult to negotiate. It's also important to remember that the CCC as an agency uh, really hasn't been, a long, uh, hasn't been around for very long, and it's still staffing up. Right now, they're at 24 employees, and that includes the five commissioners. Uh, and it's an all-hands-on-deck approach over there as they try to go through all of the applications that have come in. So the application review process is one holdup here. But, Colin, you reported this week that even if the CCC had licensed a retail shop, it wouldn't be allowed to sell to people without a medical marijuana card. Why is that? That's because they haven't licensed an independent testing laboratory. Uh, The CCC actually doesn't have a testing lab application to consider right now, so it's not that the agency uh, has moved slowly on that. It hasn't even had the chance to consider it yet. Uh, State law requires that all recreational marijuana sold Uh, be tested and approved by an independent lab before it goes to consumers. Uh, CCC Chairman Steve Hoffman says he expects to get applications from testing labs very soon, uh, and the CCC is going to expedite their review so they can get that critical link of the supply chain up and running. Uh, And this is sort of like uh, that old uh, trick of uh, trying to describe to someone how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and if you leave out even sort of the smallest step, Unscrewing the cap to the peanut butter. Exactly. So there are other things the CCC has to consider. At their meeting Monday, they're also going to consider licensing uh, uh, Sierra Naturals based out of Milford uh, to transport marijuana. Uh, And that'll be critical to uh, really have a way to get the marijuana from the place it's grown to the place it's going to be sold. Yeah, from point A to point B. How has Chairman Steve Hoffman been uh, dealing with the criticism over the uh, timeline here? Yeah, he's, um, as I wrote this week, he's apologized without being apologetic. Uh, He said that he's sorry that people had expectations that sales would begin July 1st and that those expectations haven't been met. Uh, But he maintains that it's far more important for the CCC to get this right than to get it done uh, quickly. Thanks, Colin. Thanks a lot, Sam. The U.S. attorney announced charges this week against three current and former state police officers. 
These men allegedly stole payroll funds from taxpayers, fraudulently pretending to have worked overtime shifts patrolling the Mass Pike when, in fact, they weren't. And this adds a new dimension to a scandal that's roiled the state police for months, led to retirements and suspensions. Andy Metzger, what can you tell us about the charges unveiled on Wednesday? Well, they're very serious, and they might not be the end of things. Uh, Andrew Lelling, the U.S. attorney, said that this is the beginning of the investigation, and he wants to see how widespread this alleged fraud and theft of public dollars was. Um, They're charged with stealing from the government, essentially, for submitting these false pay stubs for, you know, for shorthand, and uh, this is the start of things, I suppose. And how did the prior state investigations of the state police scandal play into this? Well, those will also likely be a starting point for uh, federal prosecutors. And uh, the state police colonel, Carrie Gilpin, who's in charge of the department, um, announced an audit where she found, uh, or investigators found, a lot of discrepancies between payroll and what people actually worked said that 19 members of the force would face hearings. Um, Nine of them retired and another nine were suspended without pay. I'd imagine all of them will probably be looking for criminal defense attorneys now, (laughs) if they haven't already. We'll see how this case develops and whether it expands. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. The House and Senate reached a compromise this week on the so-called Red Flag Gun Bill, or ERPO Bill, and they sent it to Governor Baker's desk on Thursday. Katie Lannon, you've been following this issue through the months that have led up to this point. Uh, What has led up to this point? Well, it's kind of an interesting question because there was a point in this session not too long ago where it looked like this bill might not be going anywhere. The Judiciary Committee had ordered uh, Rep Linsky's ERPO bill to study which, as you know, Sam, is usually a dead end for legislation. Mm -hmm. But there was another bill, which uh, Rep. Decker of Cambridge filed later on in the session, so it wasn't subject to the same kinds of deadlines. Now, her bill was the one that folks ultimately rallied around after the Parkland school shooting in February. We had local alumni of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas School where that shooting happened. They were among those who called for action on that bill. They were there in May at what was really the tipping point, which was when uh, Speaker DeLeo declared his support for the bill and said he expected the House to pass it. And this was actually the second time this session that lawmakers were galvanized into action on gun issues, right? Yeah, it was. You know, And even though the last major gun law passed here in 2014, you're still seeing a willingness from lawmakers to dip back into this controversial issue in response to current events. So there was a spending bill passed last November that included language banning bump stocks, the gun accessory that really few people had ever heard of, but which rose to prominence after the uh, Las Vegas shooting in October 2017. And that was really quick work that time around. Each branch had approved their ban, slightly different language, less than two weeks after the shooting. So I know it does sometimes. There's a kind of a running notion that it takes years to get bills passed, but When something is making headlines, there can be a very quick response like that. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Sam. With a preview of what's up on Beacon Hill next week and for the month of July, here's Mike Norton. And he's got a question for us this week. Yes, Sam. uh, Did you ever plan on getting something done and then not achieve it? I I think that's uh, something that most of us can relate to. It's true, Sam. And you can include the legislature in that group big time. The last month of formal session starts next week, and while the grand bargain bill was signed this week, 
raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour, and creating a statewide paid family and medical leave program, much of the heavy lifting remains to be done. Massachusetts is one of a handful of states without an annual budget, so that's going to be late, and they need to get that done very soon. And Governor Charlie Baker has been politely demanding action on his housing construction and opioid addiction bills, which so far have failed to hit the floors of either branch. Well, that seems like a manageable workload for July. Uh, If it were only that simple. There are five other conference committees trying to reconcile bills dealing with data privacy and consumer credit protections, taxation and regulation of short-term rentals, veterans' benefits, civics education and media literacy, and perhaps the most complex of the conferences, the healthcare panel headed up by House Majority Leader Ron Mariano and Healthcare Financing Committee co-chair Senator James Welch. Yeah, but those are just up or down votes when they come out of conference, right, Mike? That's true, Sam. Uh, proving the deals will be the easy part. It's coming up with them. That's the hard part. And you know what, Sam? It looks like even though there's just a month left, the legislature's not exactly in hurry-up mode. The branchers are planning light sessions around the 4th of July, which may help facilitate some celebratory activities. <laughs> and it looks like, based on scheduling, that they're targeting a budget deal for late next week, possibly. But as you know, Sam, nothing's certain on Beacon Hill until it actually happens. That's right, Mike. Thanks. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.